This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today, We've got a treat for everybody today. We've got Cameron Harold in the studio. How you doing, Cameron? Good, Brad. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. And uh, I know our listeners are going to get a ton of value from you. You've done a lot of amazing things uh, in your career. And uh, but like every Circuit of Success podcast, we always start out with, you know, what's kind of what's made you the man you are today. I know that's a big question, and could probably go a lot of different ways. But uh, once you share a little bit with our listeners that may not know who you are, what's made uh, Cameron the man he is today? Well, I guess I guess a lot of it is I was really groomed as an entrepreneur from a very young age. My father really groomed the three of us um, children to, to really be entrepreneurial and to really have an entrepreneurial outlook and focus. So that was probably the first part. And then secondly, it's just, you know, a series of really good mentors and investing in my own growth. I literally, before hopping on this podcast with you, I just spent two hours with Harvey McKay, um, one-on-one where Harvey McKay was just giving me a download as to all of his wisdom and, and the things that he's learned over the years. And, uh-huh. You know, just to be able to spend time. I spoke at Harvey McKay's roundtable yesterday, and then uh, today had two hours just one-on-one to sponge and take notes. I took five pages of notes. Just uh-huh. I think that's probably it, right? Just knowing that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, and I always want to keep learning. Yeah, I, I don't have much of a problem with that, so we're we're pretty good there. But so, so what do you what do you learn? Like, what's what's something you could share with us? Maybe in those five pages pages of notes, what'd you learn from Harvey today? Um, one is that when you're when you're reading information, not to read it, to study it. You know, if you're reading a good book, to study it, reread it, read it over and over, take notes, learn on it, and action it. Mm. Um, that a lot of people just simply read for the sake of reading, but they don't do much with it. And so that's one. Another one is to really invest in your network. Um, and really spend time getting to know the right people and getting to know people and really building good relationships with people so that, you know, you can call on them when you need them, but you can also learn from them. And you, your network is really your net worth. And I think that was another big point from today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the 1-800-GAP-JUNK. I mean, I think that's that's really where I was first turned on to your story uh, was, was through that. And I mean, I mean, give us a little bit of, if you can, the, the history of that, what you guys did. I mean, I know I read somewhere you took it from 14 employees to 3,100 employees in, in just six years. So that's kind of mind-blowing. What was the I came into the company as the 14th employee. I came in as the chief operating officer to really help Brian grow his dream and to grow the brand. And when I left six and a half years later, we had 3,100 employees system-wide. Uh, we'd gone from 12 cities to 330 cities and we were operating in 43 states nine provinces and four countries unbelievable yeah we you know we grew from two million to 106 million in revenue on taking other people's junk on hauling other people's junk to the dump (laughs) we really obsessed around a few key things that got us to grow we obsessed around alignment of vision around building a world-class culture and around leveraging pr yeah because you guys i I heard a uh I guess it was on one of the podcasts I listened to, and it talked about cities were taking people's junk for free, but yet you guys were charging a fee, and that they still would use you guys. And why is that? 
Yeah, the biggest city that we are actually operating in was Toronto, Canada. And at the time when we launched in Toronto, and even to this day, 15 years later, the city of Toronto will haul anything away for free as long as it's at the curb. But people are lazy. Uh, people don't want to be hauling it all out to the curb. Uh, they don't have much time to be doing all that stuff. Maybe they're not even aware that it could be done. You know, we just gave them a service that was convenient and that, you know, they could literally sit on their couch and point and we would haul it away. And I'm sure that happened many times. Happened a lot. Happened a lot. In fact, the, um, you know, the housewives would often call us up because their lazy husbands weren't getting it done. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I need that out of the basement and I need it done fast. I'm tired of seeing it. Yep. So let's talk about uh, even for yourself and for other leaders you've had the pleasure of working with over your career. The habits and rituals. I'm a big habit and rituals guy. So, I mean, what do you think, just you personally, are the things that you've done every single day, day in, day out, that have helped you have success in your life? I think some of those have changed over the years. I mean, with some wisdom and some connections over the years, I've added new habits to my days. So, you know, I actually use a list called um, Way of Life, and it has my daily habits on the list. And then I just check off whether I got them done. Um, and then what I've tried to do is to only you know, make sure that I get at least five done every day that I have a, I have a pretty long list of daily habits, but sometimes life gets in the way. So it's, you know, waking up in the morning slowly. It's doing a little bit of reading in the morning. It's doing my affirmations in the morning. It's doing a little bit of writing, whether it's in a gratitude journal or just a normal journal. Um, I use a Palo Santos smudge where I just smudge my body after my shower, finishing a shower with a cold blast for 30 seconds to a minute, a little bit of morning exercise, I have a, a glass of lemon juice, and then I have my packets of um, probiotics and vitamins that just come labeled for me, and then some protein first thing in the morning, some some yeah. kind of bit of protein. That's usually my normal daily blast, and then I, you know, hop into work. If I'm doing it properly, I can get a lot of those things done. If I'm doing it poorly, I might only get five. And if, I mean, out of seven days a week, how many days do you think you're doing that deal this, around the same time every single uh, every single week? It's never at the same time. Um, I've, okay. I've never been able to get into that kind of a habit where, you know, there's always waking up at the same time every day, you know, for different reasons, right? I'm on the road traveling. Um, I've done paid speaking events in 28 countries. So, you know, right now I'm in Scottsdale. Two days ago, I was in Vancouver. I'm always on the road. So, you know, this morning I had a call with a client that started at 730. Tomorrow, I'm going to be hiking Camelback Mountain starting at seven in the morning. So it's just mm -hmm. my days vary for me to be able to say exactly what time of day I'm going to be waking up every day. I don't have a normal routine job. I don't have a nine to five job where I can have right. a routine. I'm picturing the Phoenician in Scottsdale with right by the mountains. Is that where you're at? Very close. Yeah. <laughs> Very close. It's a good spot. It's, it's a good, good spot. At the Royal Palms is where I hold my CLO Alliance events just down the road. Okay. And how many people you got there with you in your uh, event right now? Um, we have 32 COOs that are at this COO Alliance event. Um, we do five events a year, and then they pick three of the five events to come to. So why don't you talk about that? Because I was, I was fascinated by this. I've yet to see anybody else in the country, really, I guess, and maybe even in the world, that your focus is on you know, your podcast, the COO po podcast that you've got is uh, the second command. I've not seen anything like that. So your focus on, I'm using air quotes here, the number two of a, of a corporation. Tell us about that. So I noticed that there were just an awful lot of um, groups for entrepreneurs, an awful lot of groups for CEOs, and that there was really nowhere for the second in command to grow and learn and to go and network and to go and mastermind with each other and to go and share resources. 
So I just decided to put a group in place. A lot of my coaching clients, I was coaching the CEO and then I was also coaching their COO and um, a few of them wanted to get together. So that was really the formation of it. And now the plan is to launch in 30 cities over the next three years and build out a COO alliance in these city forums just to connect and um, to give them a forum to learn from each other. What are you learning about in those groups? I mean, what are some of the topics? So if our listeners are COOs of a corporation and they want to learn more about it, what, what are they thinking about? What are they doing at those types of events? Well, they're, they're learning about focus. They're learning about building relationships with their CEO. They're learning about different systems to grow. We actually modulize each of these sessions as well. So this event, we're working on um, all of the hiring, recruiting, training, and uh, leadership development of, of employees. Um, the last event that we ran in January, we, it was all related to sales and marketing and PR. Our September event is all related to the CEO, COO relationship, where we're working on personality profiles, conflict management, alignment with vision, communication protocols. So it, we really kind of vary the format and the focus of each of the events, but it is all them learning from each other and with each other. And what would you say is the number one thing for like, so I'm the CEO of our, of our company. Where are we failing the most? What are the leaders doing that probably piss you guys off, right? <laughs> There's always stuff that the CEOs are doing that gets in the way of the COO. I'm sure I'm guilty of it every single day. But what's that one thing that we need to work on and get better at? I think it's really it's getting them on the same page. It's really spending time with the COO so that you can get on the same page. It's really getting you know, an open communication dialogue where you can share frustrations and and build trust and really talk about you know, the business. It's also slowing down and giving them more insights as to why you want certain things being done. You know, I think often the entrepreneur has got these ideas in their head of why something has to happen, but you've been thinking about it for three months and you don't give them any real download at all. You just kind of dump it on their laps and run away to think about your next stuff you want to do. And they spend forever trying to catch up. So those one-on-one -on -one meetings are really critical, quite powerful. And how often are you thinking about those? Are we, should we be doing those once a, once a week, every other week? Um, every week. Every week. I like it. Um, talk to me about fear. I mean, how much has fear played a role in your business life or even just in your life in general? I don't really operate on fear. I operate more on reverse engineering and planning. I like that. Tell me more. Well, I think I operate more on, you know, what's the goal and then how do we work that goal backwards? Yeah. And so then how, what's your process like for that? So you, you spend days and weeks on that. It obviously depends on the goal and what the process is, right? But I mean, what's your process with the team like? I operate the same way with the teams as well. So we operate first off with the CEO and the COO where they have their weekly rhythms. And then the COO would then have the weekly rhythms with their team. You kind of cycle through it, I guess. Um, so the, the CEO is getting on the same page with the COO. And then the COO is getting on the same page with each of their direct reports. The CEO is coaching the coaches, right? I mean, that's that's really what your focus would be is yeah. CEO coaches the coaches, the coaches coach the field and whatever it may be and, and continue to grow it in that, in that manner. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So, yeah, and I think fear, I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, in the business world, fear has played somewhat of a role in our lives, hopefully not much. But the, the question I always ask people is how many of the fears you, you have put in your mind have blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? I, well, I guess some some of them are good judgments that we just know something's happening. But I always try to approach things as what if it could work, right? We, we we try to, but I also think that the entrepreneurial companies need to before they decide to do an idea or put a system in place or go in a certain direction to really think about the ROI component to it, right? What's my return on capital? What's my return on time? What's my return on people? Um, you know, what's the biggest impact that's going to come out of this event or out of this project that we're working on? 
you know, how much effort are we going to have to put into it? And is it worth doing it? And then once we know that, you know, you have to kind of come up with some of the obstacles and reasons why it maybe can't be done. And then you work together to unblock those obstacles. I think that's the time that the CEO and CEO working well together or the COO with their direct reports on planning and working through the obstacles. We often don't give that planning process as much time. You know, we, we call it strategic planning. It's really strategic thinking. And then it's, you know, business planning or project planning. Yeah, yeah I've heard in one of your talks somewhere, I don't know if it's LinkedIn or on your website, but talking about working in your passion, right? We always hear the saying, if, you know, if you find something you love to do, it's like you never worked a day in your life. But there's obviously a lot of truth to that. Um, so talk to us about the importance of finding your passion and working in your passion. I'm not sure that's always really true. You know, I think there's people that, um, you know, have got companies that they can't really be passionate about. You know, it's hard to, to be passionate about a janitorial business, but you might just see a need and maybe your passion is growing people and, and you know, helping people with their dreams. That might be more of what the real, the real passion is versus, you know, what you're doing as your product or your service. Right. It's hard to try to, to force that, right? Oh, Absolutely. But I think it's, I think you would agree, right? That it, it is finding something. I mean, you're passionate about what you're doing, right? You're passionate about helping other COOs, other second in commands because of the role you've, you've lived, right? And you've done a darn good job of that. I think that's something that you're passionate about. And so what is it like, what's next for Cameron? I mean, what, what is it that you're passionate about that you want to make sure you continue to do? Well, I, I really like helping entrepreneurs make their dreams happen. That's really always been my focus is the more that I can help entrepreneurs and help entrepreneurs make their dreams happen, that's what feeds me. So whether that's running coaching sessions or running the COO Alliance or putting my books and videos out, um, as long as I'm helping entrepreneurs and, and the reason I want to help them is I see them almost like the fly trying to get out the window. You know, they keep trying harder and banging their head on the window, banging their head on the window. Well, the reality is that's not that's not doing doing much. They're just working harder for no reason. Where there maybe is a shortcut. So I like giving them the shortcuts, the cheat sheets, the you know the the maybe path of least resistance. Yeah. And what do you when you think of your passions? What are you passionate about that you wish you had more time to do right now? Um, probably a little bit more time just to spend time with friends and family. But I think that's actually you know I have the time. I'm not necessarily utilizing it well. I think I've been. Um, Often busy being busy, I probably don't delegate as well as I could. Um, I know we've got a bunch of projects coming to, to completion now and a little bit more hiring to do that will help us scale. Um, and then just some stuff personally that we're going through that is, you know, sucking up time. But I think just just making the personal, my personal life more of a priority, putting some more personal stuff into my calendar and then working life around it a bit more. Yeah. We're coming into summer and coming out of the, the winter as well. Yeah. Is where's home for you? Uh, Vancouver and Scottsdale. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So Scottsdale's home as well. So, so you got either really cold or really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that what you just said is putting it on our calendar and working around it. Right. I mean, I think, you know, with, with my family life and the things I've got to put that stuff on the calendar first Yeah. and then do all the work around it. So I think for our listeners, um, you've heard other people say on this show as well, but it is prioritizing your time, right? And so when you think of prioritizing time, what advice would you have for the listeners out there? Really focusing on the big kind of three things you need to get done on a daily basis is one, really making sure that you're focusing on core projects or core goals that are going to drive your business forward and, and not focusing on the busy work. I think often we get distracted with the busy work or the big shiny objects that maybe 
you know, might be good or, or you can rationalize as a big opportunity, but they're not necessarily driving the business forward. I also believe that momentum creates momentum. You know, the more that we can work on things that are actually going to drive the business forward and create momentum because that momentum will spin off more. Whereas, you know, often people get distracted with something that looks good on paper or sounds good, but it doesn't necessarily create any flywheel effect. Got it. I know one of your passions as well is talking about your vivid vision. So you've got your, your new book, um, but I also heard one of your talks about vivid vision. And I, I was, I'm a big believer in all that stuff. And so why don't you walk our listeners through that vivid vision and give that kind of that, a, a brief version of that talk, if you don't mind, on how important vision is, but then taking it to the step to where you take it. Yeah, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a vision in their mind of what they want their business to look and feel like. You know, I actually codified this concept that I'm going to discuss now in my book, Vivid Vision. But the idea is that in your mind, you can see pretty clearly what you want your business to look like and act like and feel like three years from now. And if you can pull as many of those descriptions out of your mind, you know, if you can describe marketing three years from now, if you can describe IT, if you can describe finance, if you can describe what your employees are saying about you and what the media is writing about you, if you can describe what the customers are saying, et cetera, et cetera, if you can really describe all that stuff, then you can kind of get it into a four or five page written format, like a, a four or five page written document that you get a writer to polish off the page that describes your company in the future. And then you start sharing that with everyone. So now everyone can see what you can see, right? The idea is to give the movie almost that's playing in your mind to, to write it down so that all your employees can read it, your potential employees can read it, your customers, suppliers, everybody can now see what you can see. And then they can put the plans in place to help make that come true. Yeah. So when you're the leader and uh, on the executive team and, and really just any role in the firm or the company, I mean, how often are you recommending people read that vivid vision out loud? I like them to reread it every quarter. Um, ideally, I think the entrepreneur or the CEO should be reading it on a weekly basis. I've even had a number of entrepreneurs will do an audio recording of their vivid vision. So they'll read it out loud and then they'll just listen to it in the car once a week on the way to the office. Mm -hmm. It'd be a really, really powerful visioning exercise. You know, even Harvey McKay, I was talking to him um, this morning about vision and he's just this thinks that vision and hiring are the two most critical things for a company. And if everyone is on that same page, which is actually one of the parts that I uh, presented it as McKay Roundtables yesterday. If everyone is on the same page, if everyone can see what you can see, then everyone can act completely on instinct. Yeah. And then we all know where we're going, right? I mean, you can have uh, the plan and the, the best plan in the world, but if you keep it a secret and don't share it with the team, you're not going to get there. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, how important is that teamwork and, and what are you finding? And obviously these are you know pretty open-ended questions here, but I mean, teamwork, in my opinion, is one of the most crucial things as leaders that we got to be doing and taking care of. Yeah, now the team is not responsible for creating the vivid vision, but the team is responsible for figuring out the plan to make the vivid vision come true. So the entrepreneur's role is to craft it, and then the team's role, or especially the leadership's team's role, is to figure out how to make every sentence come true, and then which parts of the plan you want to build first. It's kind of like building a home. You know, you want to build a strong foundation, and then you put up the walls, and then you put in the electrical and the plumbing, and then you put in the drywall. Um, people can often get distracted and they want to put in the wolf stove and the beautiful cabinets right away, but the foundation hasn't been built. So the team's job is to figure out the plan to build the business in the most efficient way and then to put parts in place that, again, will create that flywheel effect. Yeah, that's a rider downer right there. Um, so talk about your book. I mean, where can people find the book and tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so, I, got, I know you got three books, but uh, the Vivid Vision. Yeah, this is actually my fourth now. So my fourth, my first book is called Double Double. My second book, which is written so that every employee at every company would read it, is called Meetings Suck, and it's actually theirs. <laughs> Not know how to you not only know how to run meetings, but you also it, a third of the book is written on how to show up and participate in meetings, and then the last third is what meetings you need to have to run a highly scalable business. So meeting suck is the second. The third I co-authored with Hal Elrod, and we wrote the, the miracle oh, yeah. miracle morning for entrepreneurs together. Um, and then this, this fourth book is called Vivid Vision, and I've written all those now over the last eight years. So they're all available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Yeah, and this the Miracle Morning one for entrepreneurs. Is that different than just the Miracle Morning? It is. Yeah, it's okay. um, fully half of the book is completely different from any of the others. All right, I'll have to check that out because I like the uh, Miracle Morning one's a great book, so I'm gonna get that one as well. Yeah. Um, well, good. So, where can our listeners find uh, more of Cameron Harold? Yeah, the main the main website for the COO Alliance is COOalliance.com, and then my main website is CameronHerald.com, and it's H E R O L D. Got it. Lots of good stuff on there, I know, as well. Lots of uh, videos and, and stuff. So uh, please check that out. We'll put that in the meeting notes. And uh, are you a social media guy, Cameron? I am, yeah. I'm on uh, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn for sure. All right. We'll find you on there. And then my final question uh, is I give you $10 million. You can't pay off any debts if there are any or invest it or give it away to charity. What's Cameron doing with $10 bucks? So I'm not allowed to give it away or invest it or so so um... – I guess I would spend a fair amount of time doing some vacation stuff with my friends and family. There you uh, go. And then I would probably, and I'm not allowed to invest it. Well, you can't, you can't invest it like in stocks and you know, stuff like that. Like what, what I do for a living, you gotta, you gotta go out. A lot of people you'll find, they say they're going to go out and grow something so they can invest it in people and, and things that way. Yeah. I would do some stuff related to charity that would maybe build some stuff related to charities for, for helping youth entrepreneurship and helping, um, you know, kids in the homeless who are, have entrepreneurial ideas, teaching them how to become entrepreneurs, teaching former convicts how to be entrepreneurs. Um, I'd put some money into that for sure. And then probably, um, yeah, some vacation stuff and then probably should invest in the business and growing the CEO Alliance. I know that I can really create a ton of jobs and some great companies by helping the entrepreneurs out there. Great. Well, we'll definitely send people your direction, Cameron. We appreciate the time today on the circuit of success. It was great to have you. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.